0: Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, coach, and mentor, teacher, professor, Gilligan, skipper, the whole island of characters, John Opeluski. How are you today, John? (laughs) Oh, Jim. I'm
1: good. I'm good. That that might be the best intro you've ever given me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I had some time off. Can you tell? I got some rest. So, You're yeah, rest. I, I I am thrilled because this is episode 149, and yeah. we are getting back to 149, 150. We're really getting back to the roots of what Converge does best. And so yeah. why do you introduce to us some of the topics that we're going to be talking about here this week and again next week.
1: Yeah, Jim, I, I, you know, as we get to 149 and 150, these episodes, and really celebrating that with you, she's yeah. uh, been with me the whole way. It, it only makes sense to focus on our core to me. And and yeah. more than anything else, I, I think we do a lot of things well, but I think more than anything else, this podcast is about the personal health of a leader. Yes, you know, We believe yeah. that as a leader goes, normally so goes the organization they lead. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I'd like to talk about four healthy, uh, four behaviors of healthy leaders. And and this is an observational pod uh, series of pods, Jim. I um, these are things that I've observed in leaders who have maintained good health over a long period of time. Right. And right. If I'm anything. I'm observant. I, I have the ability right. to watch what's going on and make observations. And so that's what I'd like us yeah. to talk about today.
0: Right on. I love that thought of longevity. Success is not what I've accomplished today; it's it's a body of work over a lifetime, over a career. Uh, so that I I'm all ears.
1: Lead me on. All right. So the word health is a, is an interesting word. It gets tossed a lot, tossed around quite a bit uh, yeah. regarding leaders and pastors, and and so much that I I thought I should ask some pastors what they think uh, the word health means. What does it look like for a pastor? And so I reached yeah. out to a, a few good friends who, who uh, I trust would give me a straight answer and uh, asked for their definition. And and Jim, I'd like you to hear some of their responses. Yeah. So I'm just going to read these real quick. One said the ability to breathe in and out. And I thought, <laughs> okay, that's interesting. He went on, fortunately, he went on to say this. You know, many pastors know only how to breathe out. Right. And that's why they end up collapsing. Just like we what I'll do if that's, if we only physically breathed out. And I thought, yeah. I like that. What do you, what do you think about that one?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You cannot give away what you don't have. And yeah. I can be a, I can be a carpenter and build a house and fake my emotional health, but I can't be a pastor and, or a teacher or a police officer. I mean, there's certain, certain jobs that your heart has to be healthy and engaged or you're really bad at it, or it's really bad for you and yeah. ministry at the, at the top of that list to to fake empathy or enthusiasm. Um, that's that's what Jesus, you know, the, the hypocrites or the word hypocrite, it means to be an actor. And right. if you don't breathe in and breathe out in balance, then you are yeah. acting, behaving as if you are a healthy person when you're not. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly.
1: Yeah, and I think that catches up with us Yeah, at some point. At some point, that lack of breathing in, that, that lack of the oh. internal health and internal work uh, catches up to us. Most of the time, uh, I believe pastors get into uh, trouble, not because of organizational issues, although sometimes that's the case. I think more often than not, and I'd be interested what you think about this, Jim, it's it's something that's on the inside that's not being addressed, something that's being ignored, uh, neglected. um, And, it catches up to the individual leader at some given point in time.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I, and I, what's funny is that sometimes the only way to know what those issues might be or those weaknesses or those past traumas or pains or whatever is, is pain. So, it, you know, pain tells us something's wrong, tells us where it's located so they can do something about it. And I, right. I learned to walk that way. Everybody's listening. Everybody's watching. did We, we lean this way until we, until we fell. And then we realized yeah. that's leaning too far. Let me lean this way too far and we fell. And so I I think that, again, back to the thought of health, a healthy person, it's not that they don't fall, but they respond by correcting what caused them to fall.
2: Mm, that's, that, that's
0: a healthy response versus falling and falling and falling and then making up for it and yeah, making excuses for it. That's that's an unhealthy response.
1: Yeah, and I like that thought, you know, that health isn't like I, I've arrived, you know, I, I've reached the end zone mm-hmm. of health. Um it, it's an nope. ongoing uh, journey. It's an ongoing quest uh, for well-being. and there are bumps and bruises and detours along yeah. the way. And the guys that really hang in there uh, are the guys that address, right they address, yeah. and they yeah. make the proper adjustments. so I, I like that. I thought that was a great definition. Here's a couple more real <laughs> yeah. quick. Uh, another guy, another pastor said this living in a way that promotes positive growth and functionality um. I kind of like that one. Here's yep. this one was my favorite answer, although it really didn't answer the question. <laughs> he said, not certain <laughs> how I would define it, but I know it when I see and experience
2: it. Yes. And, yeah. Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> so I'd like to put some definition around these yeah. behaviors today, Jim. I, I, I want to start by issuing a disclaimer. You and I don't have all the answers about what ha- pastoral health looks like. Um, we know a few things. We yeah. we know a few, and so here are four behaviors that we've observed in pastors who've maintained this good level of health over a long period yeah. of time. And we're going to cover the first two in, in episode 149 here, yeah. and uh, and then we'll we'll jump on the next two in episode 150. Yeah. So here's the first one: healthy pastors possess a vibrant walk with God. Yeah. And I can envision our listeners and hearers responding, well, duh. <laughs> you
2: know,
1: <like> yeah. <laughs> John, don't you got anything better than that or anything? And, and you know what? I don't. Well,
0: but yeah, right. But but press into that question. And, and mm-hmm. OK, it's easy to define. Of course, we all know that. But how many of us, if we were to look at our calendars, if we were to look at our checkbooks, if we were to speak to our families, They would say the number one thing about my spouse, the number one thing about my pastor, the number one thing about our budget, our calendar, our life. So, well, duh, but true or false, most of the people we know in ministry, including ourselves, have had long seasons where if we were accused of loving God in a court of law, we would have been found innocent. (laughs) There there was no way that we were guilty of that, right?
1: Yeah. And and so... I, 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 the way I think about it is, it's this is something intellectually. I think everybody who's listening can say yes. You know, like of course, too. Yeah. But there's a big difference between knowing and doing. Yes. A big difference, and and the and the guys and gals who stay healthy remember why they signed up yeah. for pastoring in the first place. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's simple love for God. You know, yeah. appreciation of the the amazing redemptive work that he did in their lives. Uh, I I think most pastors sign up because they've received so much uh, from God and want to give back. Now, there may be a few who sign up for devious reasons. Sure. Um, I don't know that I've met one yet. Maybe I have in all these years, maybe one or two. But thousands of them that I know that, man, they signed up because they love Jesus. And 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 okay. and I, June, this is this phenomenon is cross-denominational. Sure. In yeah. every denomination where we have clients, these guys, these guys, God did something amazing in their life. And that was yeah. one of the reasons. That was one of the drivers of them signing up uh, for leading. Yeah. Um, but you you know this very well. And and I know it okay. as well, but it's a little more in my distant memory that the machinery of of pastoral ministry has this uncanny capacity, right, to chip yeah. away at a pastor's love relationship with Jesus.
2: Yeah,
1: sermon prep, the unrelenting needs of people, uh, yeah. cultural issues, which I've never seen the variety and depth and strain of that, that, uh, and, and, and what begins to happen week by week, there, there is this fading or can be this fading of spiritual vibrancy. What do you think about this first one, Jim?
0: Well, I, you know, I, everything you just said lines completely up with a group of teachers that came to Jesus and said, what's the most important thing we can do? What's, what's the number one thing in priority? What's the number one thing on the list of things to do? And he goes, love God, heart, soul, mind, strength, depending on which version, you know, it's translated from Greek or Aramaic or original Hebrew. And, and that that is the totality of, of all that we are. The first and most important thing that a, that a branch can do is to be grafted into the vine that has all the life in it. The, the most important thing we can do. And God's not insecure, and he's not an egotist, and he's not, you know, some some insecure king. You know, he he is somebody like he would only tell us what is best. So when God says the best thing for you, for longevity, for prosperity, for health, for family, the number one thing. So the the megas, the most important, and, and the those are the was the primas, the the first. You know, those are two completely different categories. The weightiest, the the, the most powerful, and the first thing you should do uh, is is love me. So I, I think everything that we have to give comes out of the first thing where we actually do some receiving. We become yes. like him because we spend time with him. We we receive things in those interactions that become what Paul calls fruit of the spirit. Well, fruit's not for the tree, fruit's for the hungry people that pass by it. It's for right. it's for the seeds that will be planted that create orchards uh, of fruit. And I I there it is undeniably. Priority, the first thing and the most important thing we will ever do is what Jesus taught us to do, and that's love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength.
1: Yeah, and, and, and healthy leaders rarely forget yep. that. They rarely yeah. forget Yes. why they yep. do what they do. They might forget once in a while, but they hardly ever forget yeah. that. And, and so they yeah. prioritize and feed that relationship. They've they yeah. bestal- established this rock solid rhythm. Of alone time with God, and 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 nothing yes. seems to move them off of that, Jim. It's just no matter what's yeah. going on in their world, they have they have figured that out. They've developed this wonderful yeah. rhythm of alone time yeah. and loving yeah. the Lord, and 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 letting God uh, do work on the inside of them. And, and so, if you want longevity, if you want to be healthy, it starts. Here, yeah, with a vibrant everything starts here,
0: with yeah. I mean, this is this is for your marriage. This is for your children and grandchildren. This is for your ministry. This is recovery from addictions. This is this is finding the superior pleasures of of intimacy with your Creator as as the foundation for the fruit of your life. And we all know if it's something else, those something else is all come and go. This is the one thing that will never leave you, never forsake you. This is the one place that will never run dry. This is the one thing that will sustain you from youth and enthusiasm through old age and death. This is, this is because we've seen it, right? We've seen David go from a kid, to a king to an old man, but it was the one thing that kept him moving forward. We've seen the life of Jesus and how he would rather be with his father than, than sleep. He'd rather be with his father than eat. Um, mm-hmm. Those who have patterned for us in scripture and history that, that have finished their race. Well, I'll talk about it's the love of Christ. You know, I, I agree a hundred percent.
1: So, so if, if you're a leader listening or watching today, the most important appointment you have today is with Jesus. Yeah. Most yes. important yeah. appointment you have tomorrow, this week, next week is with Him. That is the most important thing you will do yeah. every day, and we want to we want to imprint that on you because we know how important it yeah. is for you, um, even, even outside of ministry, Jim.
2: Please, yeah. This Always. is the please. most
1: important piece yeah. of, of your life, no matter what you're doing for God. Yeah. So that's the first yeah. one. Here's one. Can I,
0: I say one more thing? Oh, please. I, because I, I think sometimes people are like, okay, I don't have time to sit there for two hours and pray. And if I did have time, I couldn't pray for two hours. And that's not what we're talking about. I, that's right. Like, I think of the love of God I, I don't often look at my glasses, right? But I look through my glasses. And because I look through my glasses, I see things clearly because I'm looking through them. I, I think this is a good example of the love of God. That when I am loving the Lord, that my glasses are in the right place, they're in the right focus. So I'm people aren't my problem and they're not my enemy and they're not my, you know, my tormentors. They're 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 what I was sent by God to minister to, to love. That I can't get that unless I'm looking through. God's love for me and receiving it in a healthy way, becoming loved. I'm not working for his approval. I'm working from his approval. I, I just, I honestly, we dedicated the next podcast, the next 10 podcasts to this. We wouldn't exhaust this topic, but I would say, Mm -hmm. you know, how do I know if I'm loving God or not? Are are you looking through his love to the reality of the kingdom around you? Or is this, you look at it for an hour and say, there, I checked the box. You know what I mean? I, 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 I take God fishing. I take God hunting. <laughs> I wash the car with God. So I'm, I'm driving alone and I'm talking to God. I'm singing to God. And wow. I'm not saying so. I'm perfect. I'm not saying that. But I understand the constraints of a very busy busy life, very tired soul. I, we all get that. So what do you do? Well, you you take him to work with you. You take him yeah. to the office with you. you. You enjoy quiet moments. I'm married to someone I love more than myself. And we don't have 24 hours a day to focus on our marriage. But we we do hold hands when we're too tired to talk. Yeah, I, I, I look through my love for her to find some expression, you know. So I I, I don't mean to belabor this, but I'm I, I almost feel like in some ways we're talking to people that say, okay, what's next? Like, no, no, stop. There is nothing next. This is first. This is first, and it yeah. it doesn't matter what comes next because you don't get this right, you know, let's let's try right. loving people without receiving the love of God. You have nothing to give them, That's you right. know. So I. Yeah. I just beat on it, John. Just beat on oh, it. No, <laughs> that's
2: okay.
1: And it, and I think what you're really saying is this is foundational, right? I mean, if if yeah, if we don't work on this part of our world, um, the next three things we're going to talk about don't help as much. It it doesn't right? matter. Yeah, they're yeah. they're like building blocks that go on top of the of the this first yes. foundational behavior. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, you weren't belaboring it. We're we're really wanting to drive this point home. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Here's the second healthy behavior uh that I've observed, we you've observed in pastors who stay healthy over a long period of time. They they actually plan and implement a solid emotional, mental and emotional well-being strategy. I mean, they're intentional yeah. about it. Yes. I, I've observed that healthy pastors practice. This effective emotional behaviors. And and I'm going to give a list here and Jim, feel free to jump in wherever you want. Yeah. But I'm just going to give you like four or five, you know, areas that they really do well. One, they demonstrate calendar control. Yes. They demonstrate calendar control. They they have learned how to put hard edges on work, which is extremely difficult if you're a leader. Yeah. Um. One of the differences between leading a church and working in the assembly line, and I've never worked in the assembly line, but I've talked to a lot of people who do. They yeah. said, John, but i when I punch out, when I'm done, I'm done. Like I I'm sure. just done. Yeah. and I don't think about work until like five minutes before I arrive the next morning. Yeah. Um, yeah. and a leader, it's it's not that simple, right? There, there's usually no clock to punch and the demands especially if you're leading a ministry the demands of people seem to be non-stop and and so yeah. if you're waiting for people to be kind to you in the area in the area of your calendar you're going to be waiting for the rest of your life
2: never going to happen
1: healthy, yeah healthy leaders demonstrate calendar control now 100% control no because right. Right, you have a disruptive role, right? By nature, it's right. disruptive. However, don't allow the disruptive nature of your role to make you throw your hands up in despair and say, "I can't, I can't put any edge around my work." Yes, you
0: can. Sure, you have it. to. Yeah, so that's yeah, you part. have to. Um, can I can I weigh in with with an analogy? Please, yes, yeah, please. I, we we're we're having two kids, and I and I asked my mom. It's, you know, 25, 28 years ago. You know, we're thinking about having a third. What do you think? She said, well, three kids are, is completely different
2: mm-hmm. than
0: than two kids. And I said, you know, expound. And she said, well, two, two kids, you can play man-to-man. You know, there's two of you, there's two of them. Somebody cries, there's an adult to take care of it. But it, when there's three kids, you have to play zone. It's no more, okay. it's no more man-to-man defense. It's zone. So you there there was it took her a long time to get used to the fact that at least one, if not two, are crying because her needs are not being met while she's meeting one. and And you have to be okay with that. As a parent, mm-hmm. you know it, either you lose your mind because I was number four. She had to get good at it before I came along. Yeah. So uh, you know, either you're good at the fact that that there is there's a finite amount of you in what seems to be an infinite world of need, and you're okay with that. I'm here to do what I can do. I'm here to do it well. Uh, If somebody's right in front of me, they're my neighbor and and I'm going to care for their needs as best I can, but, but I cannot meet their needs if I don't care for my own needs. And, uh, I, so I, I, I think of that when you say that, you know, having three kids, she said, she said, having two kids is like, you're, you're swimming and you're kind of drowning, but then a boat comes along and you look up in hope and they hand you a baby and sail away. That's what the third kid feels like (laughs) is here's a third kid. Now you're all going to die. So I. I, I think being okay with the fact that there's always going to be someone who's not okay is very important to your mental health.
2: Yeah.
1: So in this emotional strategy, this mental and emotional game plan, so there's the calendar control piece. Um, yeah. Making Part of that is making time for exercise and hobbies yeah. and friendship. Um, yeah. we, we talk a ton on the podcast about healthy work rest rhythms, so we won't belabor that. Other than to say that God has established rhythms from the beginning of time that He has uh, demonstrated to us that are are integral to longevity and health for a leader. Yeah. um yeah. here's here's a couple more uh, mental and emotional behaviors, game plan uh, that I see in leaders that stay healthy, Jim. And that's they improve they they grow in their ability to express anger.
0: yeah. Yeah. In
1: healthy ways. Yeah. Without saying or doing something, they'll later regret. They figured out how to be assertive as opposed to aggressive or what most leaders do. Most pastors do is passive. Somebody does something they shouldn't do, says something they shouldn't say, doesn't follow through with the commitment they made and And any normal human being would feel some sort of emotion of anger. And many pastors say, I shouldn't feel that emotion. I'm going to push it down. I'm going to push it down. I'm going to push it down. Well, I've got news for you. There's only so much space that you can push down before you explode. And the explosion can be a very aggressive uh, reaction to, you know, you're giving a hundred dollar response to a one dollar problem. Or your health starts to suffer. You start having problems with anxiety or depression um, or physical issues because anger, the weird thing about anger is that it doesn't disappear on its own. You have to learn as a leader, I have to learn as a human being to direct that anger in the proper direction or else it sits in the background just bubbling. And yeah. it's having an impact on me,
0: Jim. What do you think yes. about that? Well, and you say, I wonder if I'm dealing with that. Ask your wife, ask your mm-hmm. kids, ask your closest friends. Because 100%. often we're we're mad at so and so, but we don't take it out on them. We take it out on the people that we are safe enough around to be frustrated with. So we, you know, I, I heard somebody say years ago, "There's no such thing as an unexpressed emotion. It will mm-hmm. always find a way out." And so, finding healthy ways you know, I, like you're talking about exercise. If I'm, I've started hundreds of runs, stressed out, angry at somebody dealing with a difficult situation, but any run over three to five miles, I've never finished a 10 mile run and not have peace in my heart. I, I don't know what it is, but that that purging of your soul through um, vigorous exercise, it's a good thing. I, I don't hit a punching bag. I don't picture Deacon's faces while I'm kicking soccer balls. I don't, you know, but but just finding finding your happy place and and letting it out you know in the last mile and 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 yeah. uh, or the last hole of golf or the last you know tennis the last lap of the pool whatever but finding that place you know with God with with your body soul and spirit to in a healthy way let it out now I'm prepared actually to go back to the person that frustrated yeah. me and and yeah. deal deal with the problem not with my explosive overwhelming anger but but with the problem that actually exists that can now be solved. Because they're facing a man of peace, not a man of war. That wants to to defeat my enemy, you know.
1: Right, and I want everybody to hear what you just said, because they could they could not have listened to that last three sentences, those last three sentences, and think if I'm angry, all I got to do is go swim laps or go take a run. No, no,
2: no. no. Uh
1: We're we're blowing. We're letting that be our 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 relief valve, right? We're we're yeah. But we do have to come to a point that place of actually, dealing with the issue yeah. or series of issues uh that are are coming our way, and look, if you're a leader, there is going to be amazing opportunities for anger to emerge in your world
0: <laughs> We have an amazing opportunity <laughs> that's right, <laughs> yeah, absolutely true yeah and absolutely so, true and especially so you put your heart how, into it
1: yeah, learning how to express it. Let me give you one more, and then I know we got to wrap yeah, yeah, up yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we're talking this is the second, this is the second behavioral area is this intentional game plan for our mental and emotional well-being. Here's the last piece of that, and that is setting and enforcing appropriate relational boundaries. Okay. Um you know, and I think that kind of just is a, a little bit of a piggyback off what I just said. Um, as a young pastor, Jim, I used to believe falsely that because I was a pastor that I, people could say whatever they wanted to, to me. Yeah. yeah. People, whenever they wanted my time, I had to give it to them. Um, I had to solve their problems. Yeah. You know, their, their, they, their marriage was jacked up for decades and they thought I was going to come in and rescue that marriage. And, yeah. and as a young guy, Jim, I didn't know how to say no. I didn't know how to say, you know what, that's outside of my lane. I, I didn't know how to say. You know what? I'm really exhausted. Yeah. Let's can we can we talk about this? Get with my. I actually had. Uh, we called them secretaries back then. I don't even know if that's a, a bad word to say now, but um, yeah. <laughs> but I had my. She was called a secretary back then, and I had her. You know, she. I'd say get with her, and she'll get you on my calendar, because in the moment, I didn't have anything. I didn't have anything in the tank. Right. I needed space. I needed a boundary. You know, probably the worst time for most pastors, I would imagine uh, is on Sunday morning after you've just delivered your soul and somebody comes up and wants to complain about something. And I mean, you've just expended a tremendous amount of energy. I would advise most of you who are listening to put some space between, you know, if you can deal with it, and it's something minor, no big deal. But if somebody's yeah. coming at you, saying, "You know what? I really have problems with you as our leader," I would suggest not dealing with that in that moment. Um, you might, you might need some boundary. You might need some space. Let me say this: yeah. just because you're a leader, doesn't mean people have the right to say anything they want to you. Correct. Without you. Standing up and saying, you know what, I'm not going to let you talk to me like that. I, yeah. I, you know, I I'd like to maybe if this is true, say this. If it's not true, don't say it. But I'd like to have a relationship with you. I really would like to get to know you. Yeah. But if you're going to come at me like that, it's just not going to work. So yeah, I'm until you get that sorted out. Go get that sorted out. Then we can talk. When you're when you're feeling normal you're less agitated, you're less attacking, then let's sit yeah. down and we'll have a, a reasonable talk about whatever it is that's bothering you.
0: Yeah. 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 I think, you know, we we have that Matthew chapter 18 series of confrontational environments, right? Yeah. Come to me reasonably and let's try to, don't beat me up because my first name's Pastor and the last three guys whose first name was Pastor hurt you and you're right. making me pay for the sins of my predecessors. Don't don't beat me up because I, you I, I remind you of your father and your father wasn't a good mm-hmm. father. And now you're going to, that your first three husbands had, don't, you know, what I'm saying like, don't, don't yeah. make, just receive me for who I am. Let's try to work out our problems, right? in in a peaceful way. But the goal is, is settling the issue. And if that doesn't work, let's find a neutral third party mm-hmm. who can, and you know, that doesn't work. Then, then we understand that we're one of us is in the wrong church. The problem is my first name's pastor. So I, I'm not here because I choose to be. I'm here because obedience led me to where I am and I'm gonna stay here. Yeah. So if you can't I'm not saying so you get out of here, I'm the pastor and you're not. I, I hope I said that biblically enough and well enough that people understand that to have the the three families in the back of the church with their arms folded, shaking their head no, every time the pastor says something, that that is not okay. And yeah. that has destroyed more young pastors or or more small churches yeah. or you know that that has to be dealt with. That is, it's cancerous. The body of Christ can have cancer, and that, but I just described as a tumor undealt with. And the good news
1: is, is you is you can learn how to how to do that. Yeah. You can actually learn how to address those kind of scenarios, and and the guys, the the, the male and female leaders that I'm uh, associated with that are healthy and have stayed healthy for a long time have figured that out. Yeah. They have yes. figured out 100%. How, to draw, how to draw the yeah. boundary. And, yeah. um, and so, well, Jim, we've got more to talk about, but I think we'll have to yeah. punt uh, uh, to uh, pod 150.
0: Right on. Okay. Well, hey, I, again, this is the bread and butter. We do a lot of things. We, we help in a lot of different ways. The team of experts is growing. And so the menu of things we can do is, is expanding as well. But, if someone were to say, "What what is conversion? What does it do?" We would hope that you would say, "Well, they they help us stay in this game healthy and you know longer and more enjoyable." There we are about not I would say exclusively, but I would say primarily helping you lead well, helping you lead in a way that that brings you joy and satisfaction, not defeat and depression. So these you know loving God and and having this plan that John's talking about is vital, and if we can help you do this you know go to the website I, maybe you do maybe you don't know that there's 30 minutes free with um one of us or a member of the team i just want 30 minutes to deal with this issue it doesn't cost you anything if we can't help you in that 30 minutes i bet you we know somebody who can and if we can then let's start a conversation and if if the problem's solved in 30 minutes just live long and prosper go get them tiger but but if we can help you in any way that's what converge is here to do our our primary paycheck it is not a financial thing. Our primary paycheck is when you as the leader succeed. And so God bless you. May this be wind in your sails. It is Tuesday and you haven't quit. Congratulations. Keep going. Take care of your soul. Take care of your family and continue to lead from life.